Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. So go with me. Uh, I want you to just bookmark uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3. Um, now, if you wonder, like, where we've been, uh, we, uh, we have adopted Florida as our second home, Okay. <laughs> Uh, we love love Florida. Um, a lot of you know that I have a very special uh, love affair in my life. Um, I have a love affair with bread. Can I get an amen from anybody that loves bread? Okay. Um, I know you could probably look over the last five years how many times I've talked about bread in my messages. Um, I want to tell you uh, emphatically, uh, can you put up that picture of that bread? Okay. I have found the greatest bread on earth. Okay. We, uh, we were in Orlando and we were at this, uh, restaurant called the Boathouse. Okay. And how many of you just love hot bread? Okay. I, I, I'm like the cold bread, just take, give it to the birds. You know what I mean? Let's just feed all the birds, all the cold bread. I want hot Fresh bread. So this bread comes out of the oven. I mean, it is pipe. I mean, to the point that it like burns your fingers. I'm like, yes. I'm like, I will allow my fingers to be burned off for hot bread. Okay. They bring this bread. Not only is there delicious butter. Okay. Amen for butter. All right. Okay. Listen, I know you all are judging me right now, and I don't care at all. Okay. Amen for butter. Okay. But this bread, they pour honey on top of the bread and then butter on top of the bread, and then they give you this butter. And I just thought, this is, this is what Jesus is feeding all of us when we get to heaven, okay? <laughs> Marriage, supper of the lamb, this is it right here. So I just wanted to give you that report today and uh, let you know. Got to let you know. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for the truth of the Word of God. Lord, we thank you that the Word of God corrects us. We thank you that the Word of God gives us vision. The Word of God uh, divides us. The Word of God gives us fresh wisdom. The Word of God gives us fresh perspective. The Word of God is the light unto our path. We worship you, Jesus, and we thank you for your Word, and we ask that your Word would feed us today and give us fresh vision, fresh perspective. And everybody agrees, said... Amen, amen. You can tell I'm ready to be back. I am ready. I am full of some Jesus. Come. A couple weeks ago, um, I was spending some time with the Lord, um, and the Lord just spoke this phrase to me. He said, life is easy. And uh, I kind of had a respectful moment that I disagreed with the Lord. I said, Lord, have you been paying attention to the last couple years of the earth? I don't consider that or call that easy. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, it is like, um, it's like being in a snow globe. You ever seen a snow globe? Okay. I said, it's like, it's like, we are in a snow globe and somebody is violently shaking 
this snow globe. And I just said, Lord, I don't, I don't know really what you're talking about. See, 2 Timothy chapter 3 gives us some insight to the time and the season of the earth that we're in right now. Verse 1, it says this, you should know this, Timothy. Paul's going, I want you to understand this. In the last days, there will be very difficult times. So I want you to know this. In these last days, and, and let's clarify something. I believe, if I'm, I want to make sure this is right, but I believe in 1946, this is when Israel became a nation again, okay? That was the marker of the end days starting, okay? Israel becomes a nation again. Why? Because Jesus said, look to Israel. He said, when the fig tree blooms, this generation will not pass away to see the coming of the Lord. So somebody from that generation is going to see the, not the rapture of the church, but the second coming of the Lord, so that's our marker. That's our timepiece. That timepiece started the end days. So if that started the end days, then we are in the end of end of end of end of end of end days. There are very few days left. So it'll be very difficult times. Verse two, they will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving, unforgiving. They will slander others, have no self-control. They'll be cruel. And this is, the, this is the wording I really want you to see right here. It says, they'll hate, hate. You ever said that you hated somebody? And then like later that night, you're like, oh gosh, that was really harsh. <laughs> I, I don't know if I should have said that, okay? Hate is a really strong word. It says, they will hate what is good. Reminds me of this great movie from back in the day, okay? Really, really great movie. Can you put up that picture for me? <laughs> you all were so serious. You were like, what is he going to show right now? And I put this up there, okay? Never seen this movie. It's, it's called Dumb and Dumber. Um, I, I, I don't know. I was, what, probably 12, 13? All I know is that I watched that movie so many times on VH to VH tape that it actually like warped it, where it's just like you know what I mean, like just wore out. Okay, there's this moment in this movie where they arrive to their destination, and he goes, "We're here, man." You know what I mean? Like they they arrived. Okay, and and it's kind of like a Captain Obvious moment. Like, yeah, they arrived to the Rockies, they're freezing, and, and they arrived. Reading 2 Timothy 3 is kind of like our moment to like wake up and realize like, we're there. We don't have to question 2 Timothy. You know, like, I was thinking about growing up in the 80s. I got any 80s people in the house? 80s, 80s, any 90s people in the house? Got 90s, 90s, got, got. all right. And I know that some of you were born in 2000. God bless your soul. You know what I mean? All of you 2000s, okay? But I remember, I remember like our pastor growing up talking about this verse and he would kind of think like, yeah, 
yeah, that, that's going to happen someday. And, and we were there in, in some ways and in some regards, but it, it, it didn't feel like we were right there. When I read 2 Timothy right now, I, I'm like, man, we are right there. We are, it's like, it's like a boxer that's having a showdown and they're face to face. We are face to face with the enemy right now. We are face to face with his plans. And so again, I respectfully say to the Lord, Lord, I don't know really what you're talking about when you give me this phrase, life is easy. Isn't it funny how quickly we um, interrupt God? <laughs> he goes, I, I wasn't finished. You just started talking. This happens all the time with our relationship with the Lord. He said, life is easy when you're not controlled by fear. And I was like, okay, we can talk about that. I, I I think you probably have some perspectives on that. And he said to me, he said, anything you haven't surrendered to me, you fear. You ever have a moment where like something just cuts to the depths of who you are? That was the moment for me. Because he like started to reveal all these things that, I feel like I've surrendered to him. I feel like I've given him these things. But in my heart of hearts, I really am still holding on because I have fear. And really, what is the truth? I want to be in control. I want to be in control of the outcome. I want to be in control of my destiny and my future. I want to be in control. And more and more, I'm learning that I'm not in control. Can I get an amen from anybody? Okay. Uh, Deuteronomy, I want to show you some things. I want to show you some God's promises, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it says this. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic. I love this word. It says before them. Before who? The world. Don't be afraid of the world. Don't panic when the world comes at you or comes at your job or your door, it says this, for the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Deuteronomy 31 verse eight says this, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He'll never fail you. He'll never abandon you. Psalms 55 verse 22, it says this, cast your burdens on the Lord, release it to him, and he will sustain you, uphold you. And this is my favorite part right here. And this is, a, this is the word of the Lord for every believer in this season of the earth, right here. It says this, he will never, never. Now, I understand that people will say, I'll never hurt you. They'll say, I'll never leave you. 
I'll always be with you. I always got your back. But how many of you know and understand that people are people and people are humans and people are flawed and people make mistakes and people will never truly have your back the way the Lord will? Ever. But the word says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So when he says never, he means what? Never. I'll never leave you. He says, I will never allow the righteous to be shaken, slip, fail, or fall. Man, we should all be real excited right now. We should be doing some flips and some jumps and just being like, man, glory to God in the highest. That's like old school 90s worship right there, okay? Said, I'll never, I'll never allow the righteous to slip, fall, fail. I'll never abandon the righteous. You're my people and I'm your God. Let me ask you this question. Did a drop of water ever hit Noah's head? Never. Not one drop. Now, did Noah go through the storm? Yeah. Okay. Why? Because the Bible tells us real clearly, it says, it's going to rain on the just and the unjust. Okay. We're, we're going to have some days where the world rains on us. So we're going to have some ups and downs. We're going to have some days that we're going to have to go through some stuff. But, but I can tell you this, Noah, okay, Noah and his family were the only righteous people in the earth. Like God was so frustrated. He was so mad. He was so angry that he made people and he made men. He said, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna start over. But I love the Lord because he he goes, wait, wait, wait. There's one. There's one. There's this guy named Noah and his family, and they're righteous. And this is righteous before the blood of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Jesus? Aren't you thankful for his grace and his mercy and, and everything he accomplished on the cross for you? This is, this is pre-Jesus. And he goes, he's righteous. And he goes, I got to take care of him. What does the word say about when God wanted to bring judgment to Sodom and Gomorrah? He had to get Lot out. He had to get Lot and his family out. Before any judgment, before any wrath, before any rain of fire, he had to get Lot out. Why? Lot's righteous. So, so what's the Lord showing us? He's going, I'll never fail you. I'll never forsake you. Okay? Now listen, we forsake the Lord all the time. I'm just stepping on some toes right now. We, we forsake the Lord, and then we blame it on the Lord. The Lord's good. He's, he's always good. Okay, so point number one today is this. 
okay? Life is easy, write this down. Life is easy when Jesus leads the way. Life is easy when Jesus leads the way. Psalms chapter 23, verse one, says this. Yahweh, Jesus, Jesus is my best friend and my shepherd. I always have more than enough. Okay, so let's look at these two, two little sentences right here, okay? The first part, it says this, Jesus, Yahweh, is my best friend and my shepherd, okay? This uh, word shepherd is taken from the root word Raha, it's a Hebrew word, okay? And it stands for what? Best friend. Meaning this, that Jesus is interested in being your best friend. He wants to be your best friend. Remember when I was 18, my best friend was my cousin Nate. And uh, I lived in the Chicago area, and I had drove to Iowa to see my long-distance girlfriend. Anybody ever did long distance before, okay? Terrible, awful, it's from hell, it's from the devil, okay? And um, I drove there and we went to uh, her senior prom and um, I don't know if you've ever been in a moment in your life where you're like, something's not right. Like you're just going through the motions, you're like, something's not right. And I remember like, it was like picture time and she didn't want to take any pictures. And I was like, what the world? Like, you're a girl. Like, that's what girls do. You know, like we take pictures, you know? She didn't want to take pictures. Like, she didn't want to hold my hand, like, like nothing. And we get to, uh, we get to the dance and it's super awkward. And like, I go to like the bathroom and I come back and man, she is just going to town with this other dude. I mean, like, it's like, it's like twerk, uh, you know, 1999. Okay, they they are just going. They are going at it, and I'm like, okay, I think I'm. I think this is my cue. This is this is my my moment. I'm gonna leave. Okay, you have a good time. You know what I mean? And so I, I get in my in my car. It was this 1993 Toyota Corolla. I had a wooden bumper. Okay, uh, it was brown. Okay. And uh, I pulled out my Nokia. Remember those like Nokia cell phones? You know what I mean? That you played Snake on, okay? My first thought was like, maybe I'll just sit here in the parking lot and play Snake, you know? But I, I called, I called who? Who did I call? I called my, my cousin Nate, my best friend. And he said, he said, well, get home tonight. He said, I'll meet you on the roof with a pack of orange popsicles. And I was like, you're my dog, man. <laughs> Like, we doing this for life. You know what I mean? It was like one of those moments. Went home, got home like three in the morning. And they weren't even popsicles. They were like, remember like the uh, Flintstone, like push pops? Yeah, taking us back today. Like a, a push pop. We were up there, orange push pops. And he said, let's just make fun of her tonight. And I was like, this, sound, this sounds good, okay? Now, did everything get fixed? No, but it felt really good to talk to my best friend, right? It felt really good to share my heart. I, I want to ask you, is Jesus your best friend? Is this the kind of relationship that you have with him, that you can just pour your heart out to him? You just talk to him about life. 
You talk to him about the ups and the downs and your disappointments and the things you're excited about and, and, and just talk to him. Because let me tell you something. The Lord is really eager to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. And I know that, you know, so many of us in this room, you know, if I asked you um, to come up and to use this mic and to pray, you would leave this church, like, and never come back, okay? And I I get that, because a lot of us feel like, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how uh, to talk to the Lord. And I just tell people all the time, you just talk. Just like you would talk to your best friend. You just talk. You share, and then you give the Lord a moment to do what? To respond. And maybe you have your phone and you write down what God responds to you about. But he wants to be your best friend. He wants to talk to you. He wants to be what? He wants to be a shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd, okay? And and I wrote down six things that defines the shepherd, okay? Number one is this. I'm going to go real quick. The first one is he loves the sheep. A shepherd loves the sheep. And the word calls us sheep. That means the Lord's calling us dumb. Isn't that awesome? Like, thank you, Jesus, for calling us dumb, okay? So he calls us sheep, all right? The second thing is this. A shepherd protects the sheep. This is why when uh, the bear came uh, to David and and wanted the, the sheep, what did David do? He defended the sheep. This is what Jesus does. He defends us. He protects us. He watches over us, okay? Number three is this. A good shepherd, if one of the sheep gets lost, he goes and finds them. He always knows where you're at. Even when you stray away, even when your heart's somewhere else, he knows where you're at, and he's always trying to bring you back home. Number four is this. The shepherd leads the sheep to green pastures. Green pastures. I remember when we were, uh, we were flipping tables. We did this thing for 17 months where we refinished furniture when the church first started because we didn't have any money and we needed to make money. And I remember one day I went to pick up this table. It was probably 50 minutes away out in the, out in the wilderness for all I knew, okay? I mean, I thought I was lost forever. Like, might as well just, you know, leave me out here. But I remember I got to this house, and I remember I saw this long strip of beautiful green grass. I picked up the table and got back in the car, and the Lord said, I'm leading you to there. I knew exactly what he was talking about. He leads us to green pastures, safe places, places of blessing, places of favor. Number five is this. He redirects. The shepherd's job is to redirect sometimes. Why? Because sheep just get lost. Sheep are uh, easily distracted. Sheep just, you know, kind of go on different paths. And, and, And the shepherd's job is to bring them back into the path. And number six, the shepherd's job is to try to keep the sheep in the fold. There's something really powerful about a community. There's just something really powerful about the body of Christ. There's something really powerful. That's why I'm so excited about groups. It's really powerful to do life with other believers and people who are going in the same direction. And when we're a part of the fold, there's protection in the fold. There's grace in the fold. There's help in the fold. And so Jesus is a good shepherd, okay? 
And he's telling us, he says, I want to be your best friend, but I also want to be the shepherd and I want to lead your life. I want to give you direction for your life. Then the verse goes on and says this, I always have more than enough. Another version says this, I lack nothing, always possessing more than enough. So the Lord's telling us what? I want to be your best friend. I want to be your shepherd, but I also want to be the one who meets your emotional, because how many of you know we're emotional people, okay? And our emotions can go all over the place in the course of 24 hours. So he goes, I want to be your emotional. I also want to be your physical, because we all have physical needs, Like, I want you to understand God cares about your physical needs. He cares about your job. He cares about your finances. He cares about the things you eat. He cares about your physical needs. And then he goes, I I want to be your, I want to take care of you spiritually. And he's going, hey, I want you to know this. When I'm your best friend and I'm your shepherd, I can take care of all these needs. I'll take care of them all. I'll lead the way. Joshua chapter one, verse eight says this, study this book continuously. Meditate on it day and night so that you'll be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, it says this. Now listen, I love when the Bible tells us to listen. It's like, hey, wake up. Listen today, I'm giving you the choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster, okay? So what is God telling us? I want to be your best friend. I want to be your shepherd. And I want to be Jehovah Jireh to you. I want to provide for you. I want to bless you. This is the heart of a good father, Okay, but he's showing us two things here, okay? The first thing is this. He's showing Joshua, I need you to understand this. For me to lead your life, I need you to think like me. This is why the word of God is like so critical. We have to think like heaven, not like this earth. Um, We had a conversation the other day with our boys, and we just kind of had this moment. It's been the summer, and you know we've been traveling, and 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 there's just been um, a lot of a lot of media, a lot of a lot of social media, a lot of just um, uh, YouTube, a lot of just just media. And we just had a moment where we're like, um, we need to make sure that that's not leading our kids, but we're leading our kids and that the Holy Spirit's leading our kids and not media. Can I get an amen? And that might be a good thing for some of us in the room too, okay? So the Lord goes, I, I want to lead you, but I, but I need you to think like I think. I need you to think about finances and time and loving people and standing for truth the way I see it, not how somebody's perspective, and can I just say this and be really, really authoritative, not somebody on Instagram, Twitter, uh, somebody on YouTube, their perspective. Amen. Amen. Just because somebody has a Bible in front of them doesn't mean that they have true biblical knowledge. 
and know how to discern and divide the word of God correctly. Second thing is, the Lord shows us, he goes, I'm going to give you a choice. And I keep hearing this from the Lord. I keep hearing the Lord tell me. And, and why is the Lord telling me something? Because I'm, I'm a shepherd. That's my job. My job is to help the Lord shepherd our, all of you. And so he keeps telling me, he's telling me, listen, I'm going to give everybody the same choice. And the choice is this. In this season of the earth, and I need you to really, really hear me because this is not me. It is the Lord and he keeps waking me up at night and he keeps talking to me during the day about it. He keeps hounding me about it. And he goes, in this season of the earth, those who put me first will be okay. Those who put me first, those who trust me and put me first will be okay. What does this mean? It means I put the Lord first in my time. I'm not giving him the leftovers. I'm serving his house. I'm concerned about his house. I'm concerned about growing his house. I'm concerned about leading in his house. I'm concerned that the Lord's not just getting whatever little moment of time that I feel like I can donate. Lord's concerned that we're faithful with our talent, that if we have the gift of hospitality or if we have the gift of encouragement or if we have the gift of loving people or if we have the gift of helping people find Jesus, that we use those gifts and those talents not selfishly just to you so that you can personally get ahead, but that the body of Christ can grow. God's concerned that you financially, and, and let me just be just so Brutally honest about this. Listen, we as a church will always be just perfect. Why? Because we choose to give. We choose to give. We will be okay. So when I say what I'm about to say, it's not to just get more money from you. But I'm telling you, in this season and time in the earth, those who trust the Lord financially and put him first, they will be sustained. You will. Point number two is this. Life is easy when Jesus is in control. Write that down. Life is easy when Jesus is in control, okay? Psalms chapter 23, verse six, it says this. So why would I fear the future? What a beautiful statement. Why would I fear the future? He's saying, why would I fear the future when Jesus is my shepherd? Why would I fear the future when Jesus is my best friend? When, when you're with your best friend, do you remember like being in like junior high or high school and you're with your best friend and you're walking in the mall? but you're with your best friend and you have this like this confidence, this swagger, like I'm with my best friend. My, me and my best friend, we're together. This is how I see this verse. It's like we're walking through life and we're like, I'm with my best friend today. Jesus is with me. He's my best friend. And he's the greatest best friend. And he loves me, and he's for me, and he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's always got me. He's always protecting me. He's always leading me. He's always filling me with wisdom. I'm with my best friend today. 
And he goes, well, how would I fear the future? Because I'm with my best friend. I'm with my shepherd. I'm with my provider. I'm with the greatest one of all. I tell this story um, about um, my pastor growing up. And um, he's like 80-something years old. I actually, the Lord told me the other day to go down to Tennessee and, uh, and to thank him for starting the church. Because if he wouldn't have started that church, I wouldn't be here today. And so I don't know. In the next couple of weeks, I'm driving to Tennessee to see him before he goes to the Lord, just to thank him for his obedience. But I remember when I was a kid, me and my grandpa, we would go to breakfast with him. And he would always ask for four seats. And they would always say, well, we'll seat you when the fourth person comes. And he'd always go, no, no, the, first, the fourth person's here. It's Jesus. And he would make, he would make them sit us with four seats because one of the seats was for Jesus. Jesus was his best friend. He wasn't, he wasn't the best pastor in the world. He wasn't the best speaker in the world. He wasn't the best leader in the world. But he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus and he knew how to lead people to Jesus. So it says, why would I fear? Only goodness and tender love pursue me all the days of my life. All the days of my life. It goes on and says, after that, when my life is through, I'll return to you, to the Lord, to your glorious presence, forever to be with you. I want to encourage you today. Jesus really loves you. And I think the moment that we forget what he did on the cross is the moment that we lose perspective really quick. I say it all the time, man. We celebrate Easter really well. We celebrate Christmas really well. But we got to live with this remembrance. Man, Jesus, man, he gave his life for me he is my best friend I want to encourage you today also that Jesus made a promise to us in John chapter 16 verse 13 said this when he meaning the Holy Spirit the spirit of truth comes he'll guide you into all truth full and complete truth I know that there's a lot of questions in the world right now. And the prayer that me and Jess has had for everyone in Elevate Church is, Lord, help them to hear the Holy Spirit. Because here's the deal. I can't make all the choices for you. And I, and I know in church, we want to look to the pastor to just give us the answer. Just say, tell me what to do. That's not my job. 
My job is to lead you to Jesus. My job is to lead you to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows you personally. He knows your, your situation. He knows your life. He knows your family. He knows what decisions you need to make personally. And all you have to do is go, Lord, I don't know what to do. And he's really good at showing you what to do. And he said, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll guide you into complete truth. And this is what I love. He says, uh, he won't speak on his own intentions. He won't speak on what he hears, on what he wants to say. He only speaks what, what he hears at the throne room of heaven. That's it. He's just the translator. He's just the one going. He's just that, that, that one that goes, this is what the Father says about you. This is what the Father says about your future. This is what the Father says about this situation. This is what the Father says about your job. This is what the Father says. And then we have the real, the real moment of truth. And I want to, I want to illustrate this for you today. Adam, come on up here. Yeah, can you grab those? Yeah. No, you, yeah, you leave those. So, I have some uh, some balloons. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. And how many of you know that, like, oh gosh, don't blow away. Help me, Adam. How many of you know when you blow up a balloon, you have a, you have two different ways you can blow this up. Um, I, can, I can put my own air, my own breath, and blow this balloon up with, with my own. Or what? I can use some helium, and I can blow this up. And, um, and I think what happens in life is, is Deuteronomy 30, 15. The Lord goes, I'm going to give you the choice in life. You get to pick. You can either do it on your own, in your own strength, in your own grace, in your own ability, or you can do it my way. And so I, I got these balloons, and here, let's try to, I, know, I don't know why they want to go that way. Maybe the Lord's over there, and they're like, oh, he's over there. But these balloons, they can represent a bunch of things. They could represent money. They could represent worry. They could represent, um, you know, uh, our job, the heaviness of the world, happiness, satisfaction, health, making other people happy. And here, we're just going to, you start bouncing those. Yep, you start bouncing those. Okay? You start popping them. Yep. No, 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 no. Like, like this. Oh, yeah, we talked about this, Adam. Come on. Work, work with me, brother. Got me? So we can, like, here, just start juggling these things. Start pushing them up. Okay. Yep. There you go. Yep. There you go. All right. Here we go. Here we go. All right. We got it. We got it. Okay. We got our junior high pastor helping here. Okay. All right. We're trying to pop. We're trying to hold them all. We're trying to juggle them all. We're trying to keep them all up, right? And what, what, what happens? Really, really quickly, you can see why. It's just chaos. 
And you can see really, really quickly what happens. Man, we're, we're working so hard. We're like, oh my gosh, how'd this one get over here? You get back over here. You know, you're like, okay, bank account, you stay here. And you're like, dang it, you won't even stay there for a second, you know? We're trying to like figure out like, how do I keep myself happy? How do I stay happy? Because the world's so heavy. It's so crazy, you know? And you're like, oh, dang it, I forgot about, got to worry about those things, the job. And, you know, and we're like worrying about finances and money. And we're, oh, man, I got to keep these people happy. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Will you go get those other ones? But remember what the Lord said. I want to be your help. I want to be, I want to be your shepherd. Thanks, man. And he said what? I'll give you, I'll give you the Holy Spirit. He'll keep them up. And then he goes, I'll be your anchor. I'll help you. I'll be your anchor. I'll hold you together. I'll lift you up. remember what I said at the very beginning of today. It's all about what? It's all about control. Am I in control? Or is the Lord in control? Is the Lord my best friend? Is he my shepherd? Or am I, am I leading my own life? Who's, who's in control? Who, who's leading? I want you to stand up today. I want you to close your eyes with me. And I just want you to ask yourself, is the Lord my best friend? Am I getting my wisdom? Am I getting my perspective? Am I getting understanding? Am I putting him first? The other day I was praying. And I was just asking the Lord about this fall and the season we're going into. And I just saw this just wave of fire. And it just went all around me. But on the other side, it was just a sea of people. Just a sea of of people. There is a world for us to reach. There is a mandate on this house. There is a mandate on this body. There's a mandate on us to go reach this world. 
So go love this world. And so go gather, gather, gather people for Jesus. And the only way we're going to fulfill that is if the Lord is the shepherd of our lives. The only way that we're going to have anything to offer them is if the Lord's the shepherd of this house. If the Lord is truly the shepherd of this house and we can lead them to Jesus and we can give them something different and they can recognize something different on your life and they can see a passion in you. They can see the fire of the Lord burning in you. They can see the Holy Spirit giving you wisdom. They can see you not walking in fear. They can see you living in victory, in life, in Jesus and they will be drawn to it and they will want to know about it because this world is what? Just as I said in worship, the Word of God tells us this world is fading away. It is fading away. It is fading fast. And there is a sea of people in this region, in this area that need Jesus and they need the glory of God and they need the presence of the Lord and they need the Word of God and they need real truth and they need understanding and they need to be saved. And we got to be full of life. And we got to show them a life that isn't perfect. The Lord didn't tell me life's perfect. He just told me it's easy when we don't live in fear. When we don't live in control. When we trust Him fully. It's a whole lot easier. Come on, I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. Come on, we're going we're gonna to sing this song that we were singing earlier today. And as we just focus our attention on Jesus, I want us to just forget, forget the world. But I want to challenge you today. Make Jesus a shepherd. Make Jesus your best friend. Make Jesus everything. Just like Jess was talking about in worship, surrendering our hearts to him for his guidance, his leadership. 